Nemesca. Namaskar. I am uh, Jivan Mukta is my name, my Sanskrit name. Um, so what got you involved with uh, meditation and Nandamaga? Yes, well, there's a long story and there's a short story. The short story, I think, can be encapsulated in simple phrase like Ananda Marga, the practices, and the guru were like a pot of honey, and I was just like a bee. Um, there's also a beautiful Hindi Prabhat Sangeet, maybe you're aware of. Uh, the last line, I was like a flower floating in a stream. You picked me up and sang to me your immortal uh, melody or, or song. So if you can relate to that, uh, I think you're here for the long story. So I can tell you some details about that. Uh, yeah. I was initiated 20 years ago. Originally, I'm from near Boston, Massachusetts, in the northeast of the United States of America. Um, uh, what to say? My childhood was okay. Um, I was a bit restless through at a certain time, um, we did some travel as a family. We lived in Egypt from 1988 to 1990. I was born in 83, so I was five to seven at the time, and I think that had an impact. What year when you got initiated? Uh, 2003, January. All right, 20 years ago, as you said. So in the lead-up, there were a few significant events in my life, I think, um, uh, positive and negative. Um, uh, I struck my mother with a, um, her own car when I was 15. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was kind of interesting and traumatic, I think, but uh, mostly positive. I, what that did was introvert me a little bit. Um, I think many people would say, oh, Jivan Mukta, he's always doing something. He's very extroverted, but at the same time, I had a very introverted childhood, I think, uh, playing alone, very happy and content. So this event must have had some impact. To introvert me, I became very into books. The most significant book, I think, was Siddhartha by Herman Hesse, because I became obsessed with the interconnectedness of everything, of oneness. It turned me on to the concept of enlightenment. Um, but mostly I read fiction and poetry and epic works. Even I remember reading this Ayn Rand, 1,084 pages, and at the end of it, I thought, this was junk. The philosophy is about egotism. Um, but getting through it was a... So um, I was held back in kindergarten for refusing to read, interestingly. So fast forward to age 18, and I had one year in high school. I'm not going back there. It was... August, school would start in two weeks. I'm not going back there. But the parents said, if you want to live here, you have to, to do something. So I went to college and worked and worked and worked. I saved a lot of money, uh, commuter college. And then what should have been a first year of college for most blue blood, Yankee doodle dandy Americans, I went to Europe with a one-way ticket. Uh, the only thing I had arranged was to do a work camp in Poland at a farm uh, and it advertised yoga and meditation. 
So it turned out to be Ananda Shisha, the sister's master unit. Um, I got there a day early. Didiananda Mukti Prana was working there and I told her I came here for the meditation. I had an idea that I must meditate. I must learn some authentic practice. Uh, I could tell another story there, but I won't. When I had the point in my mind that I must learn sadhana was the summer before. Um, uh, I saw a scene on, of police brutality on the news. I was at my grandparents' uh, cottage, lake cottage, and they were smashing a you know, brother on, on the hood of a police car and just this emotional upwelling came and I went upstairs and shut myself and, oh, I must learn sadhana. So fast forward, Didi said, well, come to the meditation room at five in the morning. And she taught me a little Bhavanam Kevlam, but it wasn't enough. Uh, so I left dissatisfied and she told me to go to this hostel in Budapest, East Europe and, uh, I waited for Dada there five days. He ran the hostel. Um, he didn't come, still unfinished. So I backpacked in Europe, down to Croatia, and came back to the United States. So this is in the lead up to me being initiated in January. This was now November. And I had two distinct realizations that in retrospect, but even at the time I recognized now, let me tell you, the first one was in Latvia. I went from Sweden over to Latvia. It was 2002. It was close enough to the Soviet area that it was very different between West Europe and East Europe. And I remember seeing these Soviet grandmothers selling these plastic bags. They had ankles that were rolled over. They, looked, they were crippled. Society was not taking care of them. And like just a drop in my consciousness, I have to do something for humanity. I can't just travel the world on this American buck. So that was one. The second one was when I returned to the States after this trip. Met up with my friends and they were just doing their, their thing. And I felt such a shift in my consciousness. Everybody does when they leave their home. They're like a tabula rasa, a blank slate. You come back and you're subjected to all the old uh, associations and things that's are imposed. Um, so I thought, wow, I feel different, but they don't see it. I changed from within. So I thought, what, I have to do something. I'll work at a farm, maybe on the West Coast, some, uh, something in the North California where it's wet, some cool small farm. And I'm scrolling this new webpage, Organic Volunteers, and I cross Ananda Marga Organic Peach Farm, Los Angeles. Well, it's dry, it's a commercial farm, but I have to go there. There's something unfinished with Ananda Marga. Uh, I landed there on January 3rd. Uh, Charya Gananathananda was working there, pruning 2,000 peach trees. It was very quiet. He was quiet. It was secluded. Uh, it took him 10 or 12 days to invite me into his room. Are you ready to learn meditation? And I was just like, Yes. Uh, I, I don't know how to describe the feeling, just like sat down, took the oaths, and it's just like I fell, I fell out of the 
ceiling. I became aware of the concrete floor. I became aware of the, the vastness of the sky and the earth and the cosmos. And I just thought, this is something I can chew on. This is something for my restless mind. And uh, I stayed for three seasons. I became an LFT later that year. That experience happened during the meditation, the initiation, or after you got the initiation and started to meditate? Uh, I remember just, it was a very interesting, like a, pra a groundedness in the earth, but then it's hard to describe. Immediate shift. And I knew the course of my life was leading up to that. Again, a lot of this is retrospective, um, oh. and there's a few anecdotes I'm going to convey to you and the listeners that cemented this was my path. It was never a question from that moment. Three weeks later, uh, unfortunately, I had already arranged to travel to Guatemala. I planned to come back to, for two months, uh, but in those three weeks, I was wearing langota, dotted, put a pratik around my neck. Um, Prabhat Sangeet, for some reason, was sticking to me. I had memorized two in that short time. Uh, I was going, supposed to fly out of San Francisco, so I <clears throat> stayed at Los Altos Geography for one night. And it was quiet. It was cold. There was almost nobody there. Sanjay was downstairs. There was Dada Krishna Budyananda somewhere, but I didn't see anybody. So I was perusing the commerce, looking through all of the photos. And there near the bottom, I stopped. It was the sixth lesson photo. I didn't know how much it cost. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to have that. So I went down to Sanjay's room. Sanjay, I found this. Can I buy it? And he's, oh, his eyes got big and he withdrew the photo and said, I'm going to have to ask Krishna Budinanda. The next morning, he gave it back to me and said, that's $5. Dada said, you can have it. So I took that photo and I started to do sadhana in front of it. I only had Ishwara Pranidhan first lesson. In Guatemala for two weeks with this student group, I became clashed out. It was good. We learned Spanish study. We did cement block building with Habitat for Humanity, but the pseudo-cultural nonsense of this American traveling group got to me after four weeks. And my clash came to a head all at once. And I thought, I have to get out of here. I want to go back to the farm and pursue this, this uh, sadhana and this lifestyle. The next day we arrived at San Marcos, La Laguna, we're walking to where we're going to stay the next two weeks. And on the board, it says, Baba Nam Keblam Todo Es Amor. We were arriving. And so Baba just dropped me into this place. It was really interesting. Um, Vishwa Bandhu lived there. I was only a Margi for a month and a half at that point. And I was kind of saved by this because I was so clashed out. It was like a schism in my mind. I want to follow this path, but I'm dealing with the uh, just the yayas of these American kind of young people my age. <laughs> so I got back to the peach farm in May, and the work was hard, 
we had two hectares of vegetables. We raised melons, okra, real itchy okra. You got to wear long sleeves. And 2,000 peach trees. Uh, irrigation. So very quickly that summer, I became basically like an assistant manager of the farm. Uh, I had to be the liaison between the volunteer help that was required to run the farm and the lifestyle of Ananda Marga, the kind of reserved nature of a monastic person like that. Um, I learned to cook real quick. Um, long days, picking, packing peaches in the fall, deliveries. Second season came along and uh, I had one experience in the desert. I was coming back from a delivery uh, and I didn't want to go back too quickly to, we, to the volunteer help was maybe clashing me out at the time a little bit. So I thought, oh, let me do some sodden in the forest. So I parked the vehicle in the canyon and walk up across the creek. And I sat beside uh, underneath a tree. There it's just chaparral. It's like 11, 25 centimeters of rain. There's not much for us. And as soon as I sat, it, I had to describe it. The lesson just did themselves. And I was gone. I didn't exist. Um, I don't know how long I was there, but uh, I had to get back to the farm to my duties. So I got back in the car and went back. And years later, I would just think of that experience. I was laying in bed, looking through a window in the wintertime, watching the sky. And I just remembered that experience. And uh, I went into an extremely blissfully intoxicated state for 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, I was with somebody and I couldn't speak about it. Um, and that... How did you know it went for 45 minutes to an hour? They must have told me. Um, I had a Baba dream. I think my most significant one happened on Baba's birthday. Uh, it was like this uh, place in China. I've never been to China, but there's this forbidden temple. There's this grand courtyard. It's all stone. And in my dream, I had just such a desire, thinking, he is here. He is here. I have to find him. I have to find him. And I'm searching, searching. And meanwhile, there's people seated in this perfect line of squares facing this large dais, or uh, you could say a flat place where the... And it was a Buddhist congregation, but they have these mohawks and they're blowing these big horns and tapping their drums on the side like they, they do. But I wasn't paying attention. I was looking, looking, looking. I have to find him. I have to go. I have to, to find him. And it, it took 
who knows how long, but eventually I, I saw Baba sitting, he was sitting like with his feet or his foot, zamandari pose, I think it's called it. And he looked at me and he pointed and he said, as if to say, you have to show respect. Still, come sit beside me, but look there and show respect to whatever this congregation or ceremony was. How did you feel after the dream? Oh, it was, I felt great. I woke up and just, I felt very blissful. Um, I don't know how to, de to describe all of the, these aggregate experiences or feelings. I mean, the short answer of why I am in Ananda Marga, because there's a million and one reasons why I ought not have derailed and gone somewhere else, um, done something different. But I can't, I can't go anywhere else. This is my home. This is the, the path that was laid before me long before I even existed. So where are you now and what are you doing? Uh, I live in, well, it's near Asheville, North Carolina. It's a mountain town in the southeast of the United States. Uh, there's two master units here, sisters Anandavitika and brothers Anandagirisutha. I've lived here for 15 years. Um, eventually, when I orbited out of the LFT life, three seasons at the farm, I chose this place to do college and because the Marga was here. And my father, incidentally, grew up here from age 10, born in Ethiopia, moved here in 1959. So I had family. They were all Adventist Christians. They're vegetarian, uh, aren't they? My grandparents were. My parents gave it up before I was born. But I became vegetarian at 15 just on a notion that it was the right thing to do. I don't even remember making that decision. It just... I was always vegetarian from mm. an age and my parents accepted it. So uh, I got into the practical trades. I do all manner of construction. Um, I plant trees. I do master unit development kind of stuff. Uh, um, sometimes excavator work, digging ponds, roads. Um, but we don't make anything. People are impressed sometimes, but you know what? We don't make anything new. It's Parama Purusha that creates everything, and we just diddle around and manipulate what's already there. And if we make something beautiful out of it, that's wonderful. Um, but I, I started a dairy farm here, and that was interesting for a little bit, but I had to learn some rudimentary lessons because out of college, which was paid for, I didn't know how to make money and I wanted to be a family person. I expected that I'd fall in love and Baba would provide the, the uh, impetus or the, uh, the fuel for that sort of lifestyle. But I had to learn rudimentary lessons about how to take care of people and make money because I was only making 300 cash on the cows. Out of college, I started with this tenacity and this idealism okay, there's going to be an emergency. Let's do a mastery. What's the first one? 
the first point of the 13 essential items of mastering it is dairy farm. So I bought a cow. And I was good at the practical whatnots of it, but not the business end. I got a second cow. A college friend joined. We got five cows by that summer. We were hand milking five cows, making $300, $400 cash a week. Not enough. My college friend had the money and bought the farm. I didn't have any money to buy the farm. So I got into the construction trades. Uh, and right now I'm building with Dada Mahesh Fernanda, a Pratt Research Institute. Uh, so we're, we're hanging the wallboards right now. Um, cool. And then we'll do the finish work, floors, electrical. So and you have a family. Oh yeah, children? Tell me. Yeah, we have three daughters, and um, for two and a half years, I was a caregiver for my grandparents, and that was a very rewarding and blissful time. Uh, I had a sadness spot. Oh, I have some very odd experience I should convey to you. I don't tell mm -hmm. many people this story. Just between us two. It, I think it was Mother's Day. In America, that's in May. My grandparents were elderly. They were 93 to 95 when I watched them. Perfect health. No health problems. At any rate, uh, I would drive them to, I think, my cousin's grandparents' place. And I went outside. It was kind of cold. And the sun struck me. I was walking in the garden. I remember I was doing japa and second lesson because that's a beautiful thing to do just all the time. It fills you with bliss. So if anybody's new, do that. Just they work. Push the buttons. So grandmother came out and it interrupted my my flow. She said, "Ah, oh, no, this happened first. I unzipped my hoodie. The sun had hit, and I heard a syllable. Strangest thing from the sun. Raw." Now, it's not a Sanskrit. It's a Sanskrit syllable. Of course, it's connected to our chakras. You can guess which one. I know which one. But the sun, when I thought about it, it was Egypt. But it struck me. I heard the sound outwardly. And grandmother came out one second later and said, what you looking at? <laughs> it just, it totally shattered my ideation because I was being very quiet, enjoying the scenery in the sun. Uh, I forgot about that until now, but this, this was a powerful experience. Um, yeah, so I did meet my wife, Sonali. She's from Sweden. That was special because during the time I was watching my grandparents, grandfather would ask, are you married? He's a Christian. He thinks you should get married at 20 and have children and never get divorced. Now I never got divorced, but I told him, I said, granddad, when you go to the glory land, right now it's just you and me. I'm sure God will provide me a fine wife, and I'll be there to serve her. And sure enough, that's what happened. I was contacted by Sonali. We had met seven years prior, and we just knew from the start. And we're like peas in a pod. Oh. Um, I think it's important that while we are pursuing spiritual bliss, we are on the path of bliss. We should have implicit faith that there is a reservoir of bliss inside of us, and we're meant to give and receive. Also, we 
should have balance in family life and pursue, you can call domestic bliss. Life and death will happen to us all. But, uh... Thank you very much, brother. Namaskar. Namaskar.